We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're coming to you live Sunday, March 26th, two weeks away from the end of the NBA season. Boys, it has been a ride. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. And I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I've got my guy, J.D. Silva, with me. Fellas... And we've got Nick Crane. Two weeks till the end of the regular season. Will that be our final pod talking about basketball games? Or will, will it that be our final pod in general? Final Jeez. pod ever. The uncontested ends Jeez. in two weeks. <laughs> Went dark mode there. We did. I almost missed the intro because I was busy uh, re- typing replies on Twitter because the official Thunder account has tweeted a two-second video of Josh side-eyeing somebody, brushing the hair back, and doing some sort of, like, mouth motion, and then a smirk. And so I had to reply and say, this video just got me pregnant. (laughs) That's what you call Riz. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, the Thunder (laughs) did play a game tonight. Uh, It it was ugly as hell, but it was a basketball game against... Uh, the corpse of the Portland Trailblazers. The Thunder win the game 112 to 118. Should have been a much larger win, but the Thunder just kind of let the Blazers hang around. They made a great push in the second quarter, and then the Blazers came out. Um, specifically, uh, Nasir Little came out in the third quarter and just decided that uh, he was going to score everything. He and the Thunder mode. Yeah, the Thunder in a fight down the stretch there. Um, and poetically enough, Lou Dort gets a steal and a dunk to win the game. Love it. Very poetic. Um, 
So let's start by talking about the Portland game tonight. Big takeaways. Uh, typically in a post-game pod, we talk about like the takeaways, the game breakdown. We can kind of skip the game breakdown tonight, but some big takeaways from this game, things you saw, things that you were impressed with, um, concerns moving forward, etc. I'll give the first. Um, J-Dub, we all know how awesome he is. We watched him play his first game in a Thunder uniform. One of the first. We didn't see him in Salt Lake. We saw him in Vegas for Summer League. Um, have been enamored by him ever since. And I'm still waiting for a team. We may see it next year with more scouting reports. I'm still waiting for a team to like have some sort of scheme defensively to slow down a guy like him or like put a certain guy on him that matches. Like I haven't seen it, whether it's a smaller, quicker guy and he uses a size or a bigger guy uses his, his speed. He just, he's just a walking mismatch. And we saw that time and time again tonight, especially early. And then he had a couple pretty significant plays late in the game. Just another game in which you have a rookie that was the difference. He wasn't the sole difference, but you do not win that game without Jada on the floor. I was thinking the same thing about J-Dub and how he just hasn't really slowed down and no one seems to be able to alter his game. There's so much like ingenuity and improv to what he's doing possession to possession. And I feel like that was on full display tonight uh, when they needed it the most, especially he helped keep them in the game when they almost let it slip away. Thunder were asleep for a lot of this game. It felt like. Yeah. Um, one guy that I felt like did give J-Dub problems was Craig. Tory Craig, a week ago tonight, putting he, a bigger, more physical guy on him, um, I think affected Dub a little bit. Did not have a good game in Los Angeles, the final of three in Los Angeles against the Lakers a couple nights ago, um, but obviously bounced back tonight in a huge way. 23 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, nine of 14 from the floor, two of two from three, three of three from the free throw line. It's the efficiency that really just jumps off the page at you, right? Like the scoring has been awesome. I mean, shit guys, if J dub for his career was like 25 and four, I think we'd all be pretty happy with that. Like, well, maybe not now, maybe, maybe now he set the bar too high, but (laughs) earlier this season, we all would have been like crazy excited about that. And that's just like a run of the mill stat line for him now. Um, Nick, you've talked about this a lot, so I'm going to kind of pass this on to you. Two things about J-Dub has really jumped out to me recently and specifically tonight. Number one, the aggressiveness. He just kind of has a swag about him now that he knows he's really good, and he'll just ISO and blow by guys. Um, And then number two, the athleticism. Um, That dunk tonight was stupid right the one right down the lane off the Isaiah Joe pass he had a there was a play where the Thunder got called for like an offensive foul and uh, he had already cut baseline so he caught the pass and did like this crazy like 180 like reach way out and dunk it type of and it wasn't in the run of play but still I was like I didn't know he could do that like the athleticism I feel like is really starting to make its its way into the game the Thing that sticks out to me with Dub the most, like if I boil it down to one word, would be space. Like defensively, he he takes up so much space with his wingspan, and he does so many things on that end. And offensively, like if you watch him drive, 
every step he takes has got to be two yards when he's going full. It's it's crazy. And you combine the the long strides and the the amount of space that he covers with each step, along with like the strength and the, the little skill finesse things, the the kind of sky hook that we've seen or the rise up and, and hit the jump rover guy or botting his way in using either hand with his like ridiculous at the rim finishing percentages. It's just, it's just space with him. Like that's the one word that just keeps jumping at me. And that's something that you can't teach. And it's something that he has a, as a rookie and it's insane. Yeah. It seems, it really seems like he has, so so many tools that are just intangible to who he is and everything else that he he doesn't have like the volume three-point shooting or something that he's in a great spot to be able to improve um hey i tweeted it tonight 41 percent from three yeah on over three attempts a game since february 1st which is not a small sample size um and then two or two tonight yeah i'm so curious to see how many he takes next season like does he take two and a half a game next season? Or is it more like four and a half to five and a half? If Dub's shooting five and a half at a good clip, we might be talking like fringe all-star next season. Next season? Yeah. If the Straight Thunder up. are the, what if the Thunder are like the five seed or something? I mean, if, if he's, cause yeah, you're a good point. So like whenever you're one of those top teams, you can generally get two guys in. If, if he's taking five and a half threes, making 40% of them tack on just marginal growth everywhere else this summer into next season. We're talking about a guy that's averaging 22, six and five on a good team that plays good defense. Like Shane Sharp. Brown, hello. Yeah. Shane Sharp went off tonight, but there were some possessions um, where J-Dub was on Shaden. And Shaden would come off a screen. Jay Will would drop like he always does. So Dub has to get over the top of the screen and try to recover. And Nick, you just mentioned those long strides, that long wingspan. He like he blocked a Shaden sharp jumper. He got back in front and made a um uh like a really good play to force the ball out of Shaden's hand so he couldn't get to like his little mid-range jump uh jump shot. It was like you can see the flashes of potential and the coaching staff always talks about J dubs defensive possession uh, potential and how he can see things like a step or two ahead. His awareness is like sky high. That's like a side of the court where I think we're going to see a lot of growth from like, if we just saw marginal growth on the offensive end, he's already a really good offensive player, but if he can, push the needle on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, we're talking about a special, special wing player. I've got to say early, early in the season, I'm talking like 15 games in at most um, was digging around Cerebro sports. Shout out Derek Murray, friend of the pod. Uh, great, great analytics and dubs DSI, which is like the, dis- the defensive advanced stats they have was like really high for a rookie. And I was tweeting out like, Dub is not getting enough attention for his defense. Like it's super underrated, has the long wingspan. And I got murdered on Twitter. Everyone was saying, Dub sucks at defense. What are you talking about? You're a fool. Advanced stats suck. I just want to say hello to those people and thank you for listening. <laughs> I respect that, Nick. 
Uh, Silva, another takeaway from tonight's game that we talked about Dub for quite a bit. Um, let's we can talk about SGA and how he was uh, once again excellent. Um, did tweak his ankle at the end of the game. I do wonder how that will affect things moving forward. If that's going to be a factor or if it's going to be all right with with rest. He was hobbling around a little bit when he came back too. Didn't look like the same guy. Um, still was good, but yeah, I do wonder how. How that'll change things moving forward. We play Tuesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday. So I don't. I definitely but think he's gonna. He's gonna before, rest before. Before we talk about Shay's like on court performance, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Masato post game has the quote. Um, Mark Dagnalt said Thunder Doctor Donnie Strack quote took a look at SGA and knew pretty quickly he could go back in. The biggest thing was not letting him sit too long, getting back out there and keeping it moving. See, okay. I still a bit worried because you could see the pain. Like a lot of times with ankles, you see the guy like the classic tie their shoe tighter, keep going. And you don't generally like you, you, it's almost like the adrenaline and the movement that you keep having. Like you don't feel the pain till after. And we pretty clearly saw it during. Mm -hmm. Obviously the team doctor knows a billion times more than I do about ankles and about Shea as a, as an athlete. But that is a little bit concerning. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on how that might affect the back-to-back scenario, given who they're playing and was the Lakers, I think it's this is the last back-to-back, so it may be a moot point, but like, was the Lakers a one-off or is that actually something that he could do moving forward and how does this affect that? Um, I, you you got to assume it's going to swell up. That's mm-hmm. what ankles do. They swell, right? Um, you also got to assume he's going to get crazy treatment, try to get that thing right. Um would I be shocked if they said he's not playing on Tuesday? No. Like, that wouldn't shock me. Or if he's questionable. Um, I will tell you, it kind of scares me a bit considering the Hornets just beat Dallas back-to-back. I still think the Hornets suck, but um, that scares me a little bit. I My assumption would be, like, he's going to play through it, and if yep. he can go, he'll go. Um Worst case scenario, I think we see him Friday against the Pacers. I think think that's worst case scenario. I think Wednesday he plays. I think he has a huge game. And I think in the Gallo postgame interview, Shea Gilgis Alexander says, the doctors told me I was healing faster than anybody that ever seen with this injury. (laughs) (laughs) What a good Uh, healer SGA is. Yeah, the Hornets weirdly have had. I saw Nikai Duncan tweet that the Hornets have had like the best defense in the NBA since the All Star break. So that's just that's just kind of annoying. <laughs> that being the next game, uh, I, I'm still optimistic about that one. If he does, if he does miss, but yeah, so am I. I think they'll win it. They're at home. Yeah. Um, hey, Ludort will uh, shoot a good percentage since they're playing at home. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 get to Lou. We'll get. We to will. Uh, uh, but Nick, you asked the question about like, do you think SGA is going to play that back to back, or if the Lakers thing was just a one off? kind of think the Lakers thing was a one-off because it's the Lakers and they're like right with OKC in the standings. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think yeah. that was one that was like, we will regret if we look back and miss the plan by half a game or lose the tiebreaker to the Lakers. And that's the reason. And Shea sat. And I think Shea, Shea probably would feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. For the night tonight, Shea, 31 points, two rebounds, three assists, four steals, which is impressive. Uh, nine of 17 from the field, zero of one from three, 13 of 15. From the free throw line. Just a foul merchant, really. <laughs> it's all he is. 
<laughs> and that's okay. I'm okay with the foul merchant label because he leads the league and drives by so much. It's fine. Yeah, it's not like three of his free throws are coming from the Chris Paul swing through that pissed everybody off. Or no. The, the KD, it's, it's, it's coming off downhill that. attacks to the yep. rim. Yep. I mean, he leaves, leads the league and drives per game for like three straight years. Finally getting the respect of getting the whistle on contact in the lane. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought he was phenomenal tonight as, as normal. Um, can I make one more comment about the free throw situation? Yeah. Um, that is a skill straight up getting to the line is a skill. Obviously, as you become a superstar, you get more calls naturally, but like getting, if you're not a superstar, most guys take two, three, four years to start getting to the line with, with regularity seen a lot of dub recently getting the line mm-hmm. yeah you're right as a rookie more recently it's gonna see those rookie whistles much see in the lab with shay learning from him that's the next thing for josh too but yeah back to shay just real quick quick aside jaw has missed time and the gun stuff dame has been shut down uh Luca doesn't even want to play basketball anymore. It only took five games with Kyrie for Luca to just want to end it all. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> Is the odds of Shea getting first team All NBA increasing right now? Considering how he is playing and considering the stuff around him? Mm, I would say it has been increasing. I'd say over the past week, probably not up or down, just kind of a plateau. Um, I still think Dame and Steph are both going to have really, really good cases. Like voters are going to say, eh, Dame, it was just like the last few. Steph's a little different because he missed in the middle, but I think whenever you do the math, Steph will probably end up playing the same amount of games as Dame. Um, and I think he has a better case than Dame because if he gets the Warriors into the playoffs, which how with how bad they've been on the road this season and how much time he's missed, like super impressive. I don't know. I, I it's really hard to say because we watch Shea every night and he's spectacular. But then you think yeah, about yeah. some of the Steph performances, the I Dame mean, Steph's performances. awesome. But if Steph's missed more games and they get like the five seed and Shea plays more games, plays like 70 games and let's say they make the playoffs through the play in and he just, I mean, I was going to say he drug. He didn't drug. Like, there's been a ton of contributions all over the roster. But, I mean, this is a team of a bunch of rookies and second-year guys. You know? Steph, Steph's played 49 games. This is going to sound ridiculous. I mean, Dame's team is tanking. Yeah. Yeah. I think... This is weird to say. Steph, I think gets more first team all NBA votes. Shea, I think it's more MVP votes, which is ass backwards. Interesting. But I think that's how it is. You think SGA finishes in the top five of MVP? Total MVP? When it's all said and done? If the Mavs because Luca is the assumed like fifth guy in that conversation with Luca, Tatum, Embiid, Giannis, Jokic. Yeah. With Luca and, and if the Mavs miss the playoffs entirely. I don't know. It's tough. It is tough. It's going to be close. Hey, what a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you guys remember how often we had the conversation of, well, this team still needs to find its number one option. This team needs yep. to find the number one scorer. Yep. Who's that going to be? How are they going to get that guy? We had that as recently as September. Yeah. And then I think, I think we had that like October when Shea had a meniscus injury and may not be playing to start the season. And holy crap, there's about to be that. another oh, giant man. tank show in the Thunder Stardo in five. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yep. We were like, is Chet going to be the number one scorer on this team at some point? Like, he could uh, be. You seen those ankles are looking bigger. Nick, I saw that picture. You sent the us a calf looks bigger. That's for damn sure. bigger. My man's bulking. He's going to be really, really, really good. <laughs> I just keep thinking about it, dude. Free seven. Free seven. Can we, Free. Can we say it on the pod? ESPN injury report does not mean anything. Yes. Stop falling yeah. for it, guys. It's been, the, yeah. when you read it, it says questionable four months ago. Yeah. And the Thunder quite literally report directly to the NBA upwards of 12 to 15 times per day their active injury report. And they get fined if it's inaccurate or not detailed. And Chet is out on every single one. He's not playing. He's not playing. I, I texted some somebody today was texting with me about the Thunder. I told them I would be more shocked if Chet played this season than my shock from the Harden trade and the PG trade combined. Yeah. Like that's how shocked <laughs> I would be. It's it's yeah. just it's a lose lose. Like if Chet goes out there, let's let's say he plays the play in. First of all, it would be really hard for him to integrate in the system. Like as good of a player as yeah. he is, that's that's tough. B, if he were to get hurt, like from a confidence really morale bad. standpoint, mental standpoint, like yeah, it's, it's just not not a smart thing to do, and it, it's not going to happen. But it's sometimes fun to think about. He comes in there and gets like seven blocks and twenty five points. <laughs> well, and... <if> Eubanks <laughs> can do it. Oh my god, <laughs> we talked preseason. Not not to get completely sidetracked here. We talked preseason about. How many games could Chet? How many wins could Chet add to this team? I, I, I'm trying to think the best way to word this. Like, the team made a much larger leap than we thought they would, and some of the games they have lost that are close ones. If you had a rim protector out there and a rebounder, it changes the the entirety of the game, you know, like they probably beat the Los Angeles Lakers the other night. If they have Chet out there, um, I mean, was well, a five point loss and they just couldn't slow down the biggest guy in the court. I mean, you put some rim protection in there completely changes the tone of the game. I think they're going to add him next year. There's going to be some growing pains to start, but once they hit the stride, I think it's going to get scary quick. I really do. I do as well. I don't think there's any question. Like the the floor of Chet is still a very helpful NBA player. One hundred percent. Next takeaway from tonight's game, I guess I'll take one. You guys wanted to talk about J Dub and Shea Gilgis Alexander, so I'll talk about Josh Giddy, uh, who went seven of twelve from the floor, three of five from three. He had seventeen eleven rebounds, six assists, a steal, two blocks. Um, Past couple of nights have been really impressive games from Josh Getty. The passing was really on display tonight. Um, 
the offense looks much better. The three-point shot, I mean, tonight hit a big, uh, wasn't like a dagger, but it was a very important shot in the game to really put it out of arm's length for the Blazers. The jump shot's looking better, especially off double teams where he just catches and shoots. I think Josh kind of gets slept on a little bit because Shea's having an all-NBA season and J-Dub is, you know, just taking people by storm and just like blowing everybody's mind, uh, which is awesome. Like he deserves it. But I think underneath all of that, we kind of lose sight of what Josh has done this year, which is increased his scoring by four points per game, only taking two more shots a game. He's gone from 42% field goal shooting to 48 three pointers. He's gone from 26.3 to 32.4, a 6% increase. And more recently has been way better than that. Yeah. Hit a big one tonight. The yeah. the rebounds and the assists and the steals and the blocks have all stayed pretty much the same. Um, I think he's playing better defensively. And this all comes with him being higher up on the scouting report of other teams now. I, I've just been really impressed with these types of performances Josh has been putting together. Um like, is he going to be an all-NBA-level player? Like, if you had to take a bet right now, you'd say probably not. But is he going to be a really, really high-end starter and possibly an all-star in his career? Yeah. I mean, he's 20 years old. He's got a lot of room to grow, and he is showing that he's willing to put in the the, the work. Uh, he's working on his shot. He's an incredibly smart player, like, He's been really, really good, and I think he's a big reason why they've been playing so well down the stretch here. I think it's big also that it, it doesn't appear that ego is going to be an issue with Josh as he slips further down on like shot attempts with a guy like J-Dub stepping up. Chet coming in next year is going to take more shots. Josh, I mean, if you want to say he's going to be like the third or fourth option on the team, that's not an insult by any means. It's just a team filled with young talent. And naturally, naturally, he's going to take less shots and have a, I guess, smaller role. But he's still, like you said, uh, insanely important to this team moving forward. He's been really good. He said teams had the scouting report on him this year. And, I mean, I noticed we noticed him go into a slump uh, around the holidays. We saw him kind of get defended uh, by teams that are larger. And he really struggled back when he was only taking, like, those awkward push shots for a while. Didn't seem like he was in a rhythm at all. But he's gotten he's gotten way out of it, and it looks looks the best that he has all season, I think, right now. Yeah, I think the the point you made, Jacob, is that his impact has been underrated with the hype of Shea and Dub, and I agree like wholeheartedly. He's if if Dub's not having the season that he's having with this like rookie of the year like push at the end and stuff we would be talking about Josh differently. Not that he'd be playing differently per se, but just the fact that he's like the flavor of the month. Um, it's been impressive. Like, like we love to talk about dub versus this rookie class, but I think we've failed recently to talk about dub versus his class. I still think he's a guy that you could argue third. Based on for, what for Josh. Yeah. For Josh. Yeah, uh, I, Nick, I actually just pulled that up. He's uh, fifth in his class right now for this season in points per game at 16.3. He's behind Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham. Cade doesn't even really count. He played 12 mm-hmm. games. Uh, Franz Wagner and Evan Mobley. Um, he's actually uh, tied with Evan Mobley for points at 
Uh, he's shooting 48.5% from the field. As far as non-bigs, the only ones that are shooting better are Austin Reeves um, <laughs> and Franz Wagner. Three-point percentage of that top 10 uh, on points, the only ones that are better at threes are, well, there's actually, I think, a lot of them. Bones, Reeves, uh, Trey Murphy the third. Uh, who else is on this list? Um, and Franz Wagner. That's it. Those are the only ones shooting better from three than than he is. Uh, and then you look at like the assists. He's number one in assists at six point one per game. You look at the rebounds. He is third. The two guys ahead of him are Mobley Eight. and Shangun. Yep. Um, I didn't know this. He is the leading rebounder for the Thunder this season. Um, do you guys know? how much he is ahead of number two. Have you looked this up by chance? Two? So when you look at total rebounds for the Thunder this season, Josh Giddy is number one at 7.9. Oh, total rebounds. No, rebounds per game. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd say two. Josh is 7.9. He's number one. Who's number two? Is it Shea? SGA? Shea is number four at 4.8. Uh... Shea will? Uh, Jay Will is number five. He's tied with Shea at 4.8 per game. Poku? Poku is number two at 5.1. Okay. So Josh is averaging three Three rebounds more per game than the second place guy. Third place guy is Kenrich Williams. Where's Dario at? Three is Kenrich, four Shea, five Jay Will, six Jay Dub, seven Dort, eight Robinson Earl. Uh, Dario is 12th. What's he averaging? Uh, 3.1. That's not good. Uh, Darius. No, sorry, not Darius. Uh, JRE, Lou, J Will, J Dub, Shay, and Kenrich are all averaging between 4.4 and 4.9 rebounds per game. So, mm. very, very similar across the board. It's interesting. Just wait. I mean, that's that's what happens when you don't have a true center. Like it's going to be more of a by committee, and you're going to have. I mean, Josh is a great rebounding guard. I don't care if you have a seven foot four Zach Eady playing forty minutes a game. Like he's still going to get rebounds. He's always but, in the right place. Yeah, he's really good at offensive rebounds too. I think. Yeah, just being in the right spot, knowing where the ball's coming off. Um, other big takeaways from tonight. I think we can talk about maybe the duality. Uh, that is Lou against Dort and Isaiah Joe. And how different those two have been on the offensive end. Yeah. Good grief. Um, my girlfriend who does not watch basketball like consistently at all was just kind of passively watching it on the living room TV. She was like, has Isaiah Joe missed like this entire game? She watched during that. Uh, I think it was the second quarter. And he nope, like, he is not. <laughs> yeah, no, he does not miss really ever. Uh, Isaiah's. Uh, a real gem to have. He was much needed tonight with Lou Dort having uh, going two of fourteen from the field. Uh, it's just really, really tough. Is is Lou Dort like you know the how he's like the if the Warriors road struggles were just a single player? That's just that is Lou Dort right now. He's really that tweet that you uh, posted. I think it was yesterday. Jacob was kind of wild to look at as far as his splits. Oh yeah, his splits as far as uh, home versus road. Yes. Um, I have the tweet. You want me to read it? Uh, yeah, I'm actually pulling up those stats again right now, so I can just read them off. Uh, they they may be updated okay, now. Cool. Um, for, you want the entire season or since the All-Star break? 
Go since the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break. Um, let's see here. How do I get to since the All-Star break? Okay, you go ahead and read it. Oh, no, no, no. I found it. I found it. I found it. NBA.com? Post-All-Star break. There we go. Um, home versus road splits for Lugans Dort since the All-Star break. At home, he shoots 42.6% from the field and 40% from three. On the road, he shoots 25% from the field and 20% from three. Do we think it's a, is it, is it a confidence thing? I don't think so because he shoots so many of them. (laughs) If it was a confidence thing, he wouldn't shoot as many. Tonight, he should have taken like two shots. Now, yeah. No, to be fair, some of the early ones were in good rhythm. The the Blazers were running a zone tonight, uh, especially in the first half. And Josh was picking it apart and finding those cross court passes to ended up being Dort, who was open on the backside of the zone, wide open from three, and just missed them. Those shots are fine. Right, like those are shots you live with. Those are wide open shots, catch and shoot. The ones you can't live with was like tonight. He had the one where he went off the dribble, drove in, bumped off somebody, got to the free throw line, like kind of like leaned and like flicked up a shot and just like missed everything. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Or late in the game with like a minute and a half left, he pulls up from three with 15 seconds to go in the <laughs> shot clock. And I'm like, my brother in Christ, you are one of 11 right now. Like, you do not need to be shooting that. With 15 seconds left on the shot clock, that's, oh, it's bad. I understand defensively how much he adds. Like, I'm not trying to take away from Lou. I know what he adds to the team. It's just really hard to watch sometimes. I would have felt exponentially better about his game tonight, even if he was just two of six. Just two of of six, two of... Even two of eight, I wouldn't have felt that bad. But it's the fact that it's fourteen. It's like it's like that conversation about the James Harden versus Russell Westbrook. Sometimes James Harden, if he's having an inefficient night, will just stop taking shots. But Lou Dort has the Russell Westbrook mindset, except he's not a superstar. He, he's he's going to keep taking shots, even if it's uh, really bad for the team. My dad called me after the game tonight, and he said, "Well, aren't you supposed to shoot yourself out of a slump?" And I was like, that's a really bad plan for this guy. He's been doing this all season long. Like it's, it's really hard to watch the decision-making just sticks out like a sore thumb. When you got guys, the rest of that starting lineup are very quick and efficient decision-makers. And then you have Lou Mm -hmm. just, just kind of sticks out. It can work if his role is, a lot more limited than it is now. Naturally, will be maybe yeah. off the bench. That's yeah. But then, like at the same time, if your style of play, top to bottom, is high level efficient offense that's fluid, ball moves well, good decision making, Lou naturally kind of becomes the primary guy with the bench unit. Mm-hmm. Is that who you? Because he's want? not like that. Is that who you want leading the second unit, or is not he better all. off with a bunch of guys that can do that? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the idea of like starting Joe and and benching Lou to see how it fits. But my opinion is, Lou kind of needs to be with a Shea or with a Dub because you don't want him. Well, to he can still be that. out there with one of those guys. Yeah, off the bench, yeah. do some staggering. But, but Silva just mentioned. 
in a lesser role, but the fewer starters he's with, the bigger his role will be while he's on the floor. That's true. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. Something's got to give. Like, it's been very bad. Someone in the comments earlier, I don't know where it's at, Silva, if you want to dig through there and find it, mentioned his shoulder surgery over the summer. Yeah. And maybe that plays a role in him not shooting as well. Um, yeah, David had it. Um, you know, maybe that's maybe that's something. But here's the thing. It's like somebody posted this on social media the other day. He's in like the second or third percentile at finishing at the rim. That's not bad. Good. Yeah, not good at all. And we've, I feel like we've seen him be much, much, much better at driving before, but for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, he can't make anything right now. No. It's worth noting, I'm, I'm, he I'm, is a better three-point shooter than he's ever been in his entire career this season. It's a career year from three, although it does not feel like it. It does not. It does not. I'm just happy he made the dunk at the end. I was a little worried. Yeah. Slack it off the backboard. <laughs> it was bad. Um, yeah. Flip side of that, Isaiah Joe tonight, guys. 5 of 12 from the field, 5 of 10 from three, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals. Crazy. He's just making his impact felt everywhere. Like, what a success story for the Oklahoma City. To pick this guy up in free agency because he got cut by his team, bring him in, give him a fair shake like they give everybody a fair shake, didn't pigeonhole him. And now, like... Silva, I forget which podcast it was. It's a couple weeks ago. You and I, I think it's the mailbag pod. Mm-hmm. You and I put uh, players into like three tiers. The they're staying around. The we like them and they have potential. And then the third tier was, uh, like they're fine, but they may not be around because of roster cut. Yep. Like Isaiah Joe's climbing some tiers. You're totally he, right. He, he's knocking some people down below him because of how well he's playing. Yeah, and I, I'm i super, super curious if this is just a one-year efficiency spike uh, for Isaiah Joe, if this is like a lightning-in-a-bottle situation. But he's done it basically since he got to Oklahoma City. He's just gotten a larger role. Um, and it's not just the efficiency stuff. It's all no. the little things. It's the, the defense. Off-the-dribble off stuff really surprises me. Mm-hmm. Um, he can make decisions in this offense. Five assists kind of came out of nowhere tonight. He's a lot more than just a catch and shoot guy. Yeah, that I've noticed the same early in the season. That's exactly what he was as a catch and shoot guy. And more recently, it's been he's got a really, really, really good knack of stopping on a dime. Like he'll pump fake, drive the lane, stop. Defender keeps going. He pulls up smooth as butter jumper. Like that's been a new piece of his game I didn't know really existed because. He didn't really play in Philly. Like you got to go watch G League or Arkansas tape. We saw him at in Vegas. Yeah, I vividly re- remember that. Yep, he was he was uh his rookie season going into his rookie season. He was in Vegas and same same thing. Like you know when you watch a guy play and you're like that's that's a player right there. Yeah. Justin and I sitting there were like Isaiah Joe's good. How did he go in the second? <laughs> I think he's like forty four, forty five, something like that. Yeah. So, but your girlfriend who doesn't watch basketball, if mm-hmm. that's the guy she notices, he's good. Like who the hell is that guy? Yeah, right. he just right. hits all of his shots. It feels good to have a just a guy you know is gonna make threes. We Thunder really haven't 
had that guy. It's so underrated for coming back into games too. Like yeah, it is. You're yeah. either you're stagnant or you're down 15. Isaiah Joe gets you back within six or seven. And he lets the rest of the guys do the work. Like it's it's a yep. super underrated skill. And it's He's not really good, man. It's not a situation like a Duncan Robinson or a Davis Bertans where they play like zero. Like they don't. They're not good defenders. I don't think Isaiah Joe is like a. He's not a horrible defender. He's like serviceable. Nor is he paid twenty mil a year. That too, and he has multiple years left. So it's not. A, it's not like a contract year performance from him. I'm optimistic. Big boost off the bench for the Thunder, Isaiah Joe. Other guys tonight. Um, Lindy Waters was a late scratch, so we did get some Trey Man minutes. Just thirty seconds, quick Trey Man thoughts. Played really hard. You know, was was in it. <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> uh, for those on the on the pod that are not live and listening the next day, we've got some good comments in here. Silva, watch your girl. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, for me, Trey Man, still just kind of confused. Um, speaking of like podcast preseason, talking completely differently about Shay and about some of these guys. On the flip side, we were talking about the Trey Man breakout season, and holy mm-hmm. crap, he's bulked up, and that dude's a legit six five, and he's worked on this and that, and the other he's been in Miami working out. Haven't seen it. No, have not seen it. Um, we've talked a lot about this game. Anything else you guys want to touch on on this game before we move on? No, I mean it. Ugly as hell, but the way they came out so flat, I think you still have to feel good and positive about a win like that, given how bad it was early. Like At this point in the season, it's just win. Win and move on. And and every dude on that floor is an NBA player. Like, it's it's, it's a win. You take it. Fifth game in seven nights. Fourth game on the road before you come home. Like, you take a win. Yep. Awesome. Well, let's take a break. And then on the other side of the break, uh, we'll talk a little more big picture Thunder basketball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, gentlemen. One other like Thunder-specific thing I wanted to talk about is the big man rotation. Because I think it's going to get kind of interesting these last seven games. Is it seven? Yep. Seven sure games is. left. Jay Will has been getting the start for, feels like forever now. I get the vibe that that's not going to change. JRE has come back from the injury and he played a little bit and was awful. And then he got benched for a while and now he's back. And the past two games have been pretty good. Like he's done well the past two games against the Lakers and now against Portland. So you got JRE back in the mix. Poku is now healthy and back with the team, still like ramping back up. Be interesting if we see him during the back to back at home this week on Tuesday, Wednesday. And then you've got Dario Saric, who is basically just racking up DNPs right now has played like very spotty in a couple games, but whenever he first got here, I was like, Oh my God, they're going to bring him back. He's playing great. Like this is exactly what they're looking for to not getting minutes at all, which I think is really interesting. I mean, I think back to like that warriors game at home, he was like instrumental in that. And then now just can't even sniff the court. So seven games left plus possibly playing games and playoff games. What happens with the big man rotation? Are you talking short term as in like the next seven games exclusively, or are you talking in a playoff rotation? Yes, both. Ah, okay. Makes it a lot harder. Uh, (laughs) um, I think the Poku dynamic is super interesting because pre-injury, like he, if you would have said of all the guys you just listed, who's getting the minutes, we all would have said Poku hands down. Now it's like, I don't know, like Jay Will's got a strap from three. Um, he can be kind of an offensive hub. Like he's not Shen Goon. I hate saying that name on this podcast. But he's not Shen Goon where you can kind of run an offense through him, but he's a connector. You can catch at the free throw line, survey, find a cutter, kick it back out. Like he's He does things offensively that's really interesting. Um, Dario, I thought was great until he wasn't playing because JRE was. And I... Jacob mentioned Jerry was horrible for a little bit. I don't, I'm not, have not been super impressed with Jerry at all since he's come back. To be frank, there's been spots and moments where he's been okay. Um, so I'd say in a playoff rotation, that would be two weeks out, 
Poku's back integrated. I think Poku gets a lot of center minutes. I think Jalen Williams, Jay Will gets played off the floor and or does not see the floor. Um, and I think Dario plays. Like I guess super long story short, Dario and Poku are the two guys that get minutes at center in my eyes in a playoff rotation over the next seven games. I think it's a lot of exploration trying to figure out who can play where and then integrating Poku. That's interesting. You go um, Poku and Dario, two guys who two weeks from the end of the season are not playing minutes right now. Yeah. One one is injury related. The other, I I, I don't has, has there been, have I missed a quote from Mark or like something about why Dario just has not been playing? I haven't seen anything. He I haven't seen good. anything either. Like he was like the perfect fit. Like, love Mike Muscala. Love, love, love Mike Muscala. Dario from like a fit and a numbers and like he was doing just as good, if not better than Mike. Mm-hmm. The he connection was, stuff, the yeah. passing. He always makes the right extra pass. He's very slow. He's got he's got heavy feet, not a great defender, but like, neither was Mike really. Um, I don't know. Like I'm I'm confused why Dario's not playing. Like the dude pre ACL was on a Suns team in the finals getting minutes. Like he's he he knows how to play in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. And I also don't know what I have, I have no idea what the big man rotation would be in the playoffs. The regular season, I can kind of guess that it's going to be just a, a, a stew of everyone involved here. I think they're going to try and work Poku back in, but I don't know if Poku would play in the playoffs. Like, I don't know how, how ready he is to get back into playing full games, especially at playoff intensity. Um, Poku in the playoffs. That's a fun, fun concept to think about. And it's also um, interesting to think about, I think, playoff-wise, matchups yeah. play a role, right? If they play Denver, like I think Jay Will and JRE are getting minutes. I think that's If fair. they play Memphis, Thunder might go no center for most of the game. Yeah. I mean, there's no Brandon Clark, and there's no Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting, just as a note on that, that Mark definitely seems like more of a coach that's willing to experiment and adapt in the playoffs rather than the last couple coaches the Thunder have had and Billy Donovan, Billy, Scott Brooks for the most, for, for more of that, where your lineup is your lineup and it's you're just going to have more heart than the other team and, and you're going to try and win that way. But like you were saying, I think Mark would be more willing to switch things up, try things, go small, go big, whatever it takes to to win. So I don't know. Don't know. It's going to be fun to see. I think that's like the biggest roster question down the stretch here is what does the big man rotation look like? Could have been Kendrick Williams at the five. Yeah, could be J-Dub at five. I don't know. Yep. Hey, I think they should have went J-Dub at five to close the Lakers game for sure. Let him guard AD. What's the worst that's going to happen? Can't, can't get worse than it was. Exactly. Um. All right, well, speaking of rotations and going into postseason play, the West is a damn bloodbath. Blood like, bath. it is stupid. Things change nightly. The standings tonight will not be the standings tomorrow. Like, I can guarantee you that. I mean, uh, literally, the Warriors and Timberwolves are playing as we speak. It's fourth quarter, two minutes, one-point game. Uh, your two favorite players, Cat and Draymond Green, uh, just collided and Draymond Green's on the ground and they're assessing a technical, I believe. This is all no sound watching 
inverted on the stream on the TV behind me. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, Silva, I think what we should do, we like to talk about how the, the seedings are going to end. Let's make predictions on the play-in, the 7 through 10. Mm-hmm. But let's dig a little bit deeper than just choosing numbers. So do you have schedules for these teams pulled up? I do. Do you want like a screen share thing going on? Or do you just want me to go through the, the, the matchups? Whatever you want, bro. All right, we'll just go through the matchups. You want to start with like where Utah is right now? Do we consider Utah to be a part of this group? Yeah, so, so let's do... Right now, in seventh, we have the Pelicans. Eight, yep. the Timberwolves. Nine, the Lakers. Ten, the Thunder. Eleven, the Mavs. And twelve, the Jazz. That's six teams. Four are getting in. Four are out. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just go from 12 up to 7. Okay. Look at their schedules and decide how they're going to end the season. All right. The the Jazz, uh, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, on they're Monday, currently 35 and 39. Thank you. Uh, on Monday, tomorrow, they play the Phoenix Suns. And then they'll play the Spurs. And they play the Celtics. And the Nets. Okay. Give, a, give us the games in like... Three game stretches, and Nick and I will choose records. Okay, first stretch: Phoenix, Spurs, Celtics. One and two, Nick. Yeah, for sure. One and two. One and two. Next three: Nets, Lakers, Thunder. Two and one. Oh wow! I was gonna really? go one and two again. Either one. Last two. Hold on. We we got we got to choose. Ooh. Two and one or one and two, Nick. Nets, Lakers, Thunder. Two and one. Like none of those teams are like, wow, that's that pencil that is a loss. Nick wants two and one. All right. I mean, which which one of those teams are you just like super confident in? I more so just think the, the Jazz are trying to lose. Like I think they're kind of trying to I would I look at those two. You say there's not like one team that you're just like, oh my god, they're gonna smoke them. I look at those three that like they're all solid teams that the Nets might struggle or the the Jazz might struggle with. For sure, but we thought the Hornets would struggle with the Matt. It's it's the NBA, dude. Like when, when anytime there's three games where it's like anything could happen, you win this one. We got yeah. them at two and one. Okay, so we went one and two in the first three, two and one in the next three. Uh-huh. Last two are against the Nuggets and the Lakers again. Oh and two, Homer Road. One of each. Nuggets at home. Lakers on the road. I'll go zero oh and two because if they're really going to tank it out, those are going to be the two games. I lost audio. Are you guys still here? Still got you. Uh oh, I still don't have audio. Uh oh, we got you, Silva. You and I will just go solo. We're riding solo till Jacob is back. Should we move on? Do we want to touch say anything else about the Jazz who are in twelve? No, I think it's it's pretty self explanatory there. Um post double mega trade this summer, they had a lot of fun pieces. Some of those pieces have been sent out, but like they're they're still one of those teams that's like super fun top to bottom, especially late in the season, even if they're playing. They're guys that are like nine through 15 in the rotation. Mm-hmm. They're not guys like we've seen other tanking teams in the past. It's not 
it's not these guys that Thunder brought in on 10 days, right? It's it's no. actual guys that it's going to be Ochai Agbaji. It's going to be guys that are fun and they'll still be halfway competitive. Yeah, they're more in like the Chris Paul Thunder year than the straight yes. tank year, yep. which is probably going to be next year for them. Totally. So I missed it. What are we going on the last two on the Jazz? 0 oh and 2. 0 oh and, oh and 2. So they go 3 and 5 to close the year, would put them at 38 and 44. Next and team, Silva. Out. Next team, we have Uy. We have the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Important to note that Luca picked up his 16th technical tonight and will be suspended for the next game. Funny enough, he picked up that technical against the Hornets. Their next game, wait a minute, this is not updated. They played the Hornets, so he got it tonight. They played the Hornets twice back in a row. Yep. Yep. Yeah, lost them both. Wow. They're 36 uh, and 39 right now. Yep. So they'll play the Pacers. Tomorrow. So this next, the first three game stretch, we'll go over it. Pacers, Sixers, Heat. Ooh. Yeah. Isn't Kyrie also tweaked, like tweaked up or injured in some way? Yeah, he's been in and out. With Is that one injury. and two, Nick? It's one and two. Okay. One and two. Um, Then we have the next. Well, okay. So there's only four games left. So give us the them. last four then. Okay. Hawks, Kings, Bulls, Spurs. Hmm. they're so hard to predict because they've been so bad too. Like I almost say two and two there. They've been so bad, but also like if they get to a point, like let's say last three games, they're pretty much out of it. They also have to consider their picks top 10 protected. So like, do you sit your guys at that point? Hypothetically, if they're, I mean, that's fair. Mathematically the playoff Mm -hmm. race, it's in your best interest to just lose your last three games outright and get, your top 10 protected pick, mm-hmm. which would like, how would Kyrie and Luca feel about that? When Kyrie's due for a new contract and Luca's already unhappy, like it's going to be a weird dynamic. I still go two and two there with Jacob. I agree. Okay. So we'll go two and two. And that, that's the end of their schedule, right? Silva? correct. So that's three and four. We have them going 39 and 43. Things will get good. bad in Dallas quickly. It's from a roster building standpoint. You know, it, it's so crazy that if Luca were to ask out that like there's this team just a few miles up north with a shit ton of picks that would welcome a generational superstar. Let's talk about that team, Silva. Number 10 in the West. <laughs> the Oklahoma City Thunder. They uh, okay, so they played the Blazers tonight, so we have currently next, 37 and 38. Correct. Next three. No, yes. Next three, Hornets, Pistons, Pacers. Two and one, baby. (laughs) I'm going to push back this time, Nick. You won the last fight. I'm going to say three and oh. Those two at home, you should definitely win. That Pacers one, the Pacers currently um, like three and a half back from the playoffs, I think, or from the play-in. I got it right here. Hold on. Uh, three and a half back from the Bulls after today. After that, Bulls win today. He's been injured. I don't know if he's playing right now or not. They have, and and we're going to talk about this in our predictions, um, for the week here in a second. But that game is next Friday. Between now and then, the Pacers have the Mavericks and the Bucks. If they don't gain any ground, they might be pulling the plug that last week of the season as well. 
there's a chance that uh that that Pacers game is against the B squad. I could just see an, an Andrew Nimhard 30-10 game. I, I want three though. It. You want two and one. Silva, we'll take, you're the we'll tiebreaker. Take, we'll take three and zero. Silva said three and zero. All right, three and zero. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can do the final four again. Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Grizzlies. Mm. I'm stuck between one and three and two and two here. I'm leaning one and three. That's going to be Katie Suns. Katie and Aiton. Where are the? Can someone refresh me on where the Grizzlies are at? Are they? Still fighting? Are they still within reach of the Kings for two? Or like, where, where are they sitting? Are they, they going to yeah, be? They're current. The Grizzlies are currently two. They're two games up on the Kings. Two games up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that's the last game of the season. That could be interesting. Uh, Did Cat just hit a game winner? No, there's nine seconds left. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> the The Wolves are up two though on Golden State. Speaking of Golden State's the game, I think the Thunder lose in that stretch as well. They just like yeah. the Warriors have their number. I don't know if it's a matchup thing or a Kerr thing or if they found some like loophole. Thunder just they, they can't even hang with these dudes this year. Uh I'm gonna go one and three. I don't like it, but I'll give it to you. One and three. Uh when make the like Thunder finishing agree with it. four and three, which would be forty one and forty one. That's okay. awesome. That's freaking awesome. That's insane. That's really, really good. All right. All right, Silva. So our next team is the New Orleans Pelicans. We got Yuck. Yep. Three game stretch. Blazers, Warriors, Nuggets. They're currently 37-37. Say that stretch again. Blazers, Warriors, Nuggets. That's one and two. Feels like one and two to me. Yeah, I'll take it. No Zion like reevaluated in a week and a half or something like that. Yeah, he's so, not playing. Last game of the season. Yeah. He's not playing. Nope. Um, we'll do next three: Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies. Ooh, that's tough. It's really tough. One Jeez. and three again. You have a. Ooh, I feel like one and three is being nice to him. One and two, you mean? One and two. I'm sorry. The last seven games are kind of nuts. For uh, the Pelicans, Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies, Knicks, Timberwolves. We'll put it this way. If they make the play-in, clap it up. Congratulations. He deserved it. Yeah. So that second three was, what was it again? Clippers. Clippers, Kings, Grizz. But then you said Timberwolves was the fourth? Uh, no, there's, it's weird. So there's that three-game stretch, uh-huh. Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies, and they have two more after that. Knicks, Timberwolves. Oh. Oh, I mean, still, that's not fun either. Uh, so on that five-game stretch, where do they go, Nick? Two and three? Two and three. I think two and three is being really nice. Yeah. And they, they're yeah. not a bad team. Like, with Zion aside, they've been horrible recently. But like, they still got talent. Like, two and three. 40 and 42 for the Pelicans. Okay. Okay. Nick, we got, what, two more left, Silva? Two more. Okay, let's do it. The LA. Lakers, who did they lose tonight? Yes, the Lakers so are currently at 37 and 38. 37 and 38, yep. So let's go. Let's do a four game stretch here to start. 
Okay. Bulls, Timberwolves, Rockets, Jazz. That might be three and one, Nick. Yeah, three and one. LeBron back. Yeah. LeBron James. We got LeBron three- James. And then this three game stretch to end it. Clippers, Suns, Jazz. One and one, two. One and two. Yep. 41 and 41. Woo. Wow. That tiebreaker. Go Lakers. They're up. Thunder and Lakers having the same record to end the season. It's pretty funny. Sucks they have the tiebreaker. I know. Yeah. The last one is the Timberwolves, who just won. Uh, four seconds left. Down two. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Warriors are down two. Yep, and they just fouled. So McDaniel's going to the line to try to cap it off. Wow. All right. Um, let's so call let's, this. Let's call this one a win. All right. Okay. So that puts them at thirty-eight and thirty-seven. Okay. Good for them, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this three game stretch Kings, Suns, Lakers. Ooh, wee. One and two. Okay. All right. And then four games after that Blazers, Nets, Spurs, Pelicans. Three and one. Blazers, Nets, Spurs. Did he miss them? Did he? Okay. He missed the first one. Pelicans. Yeah. I think three and one there. Ants coming back. They're going to work some magic. They're going to be a fun team. We saw them last year towards the end, like three and one. Give okay, it to I'm, I messed up. Did we do four games at the start? We Are we missing three. a game? The game you're missing is the one they're playing right now. No, I already added that in here. They're 37 and 37 now. And I just gave them 38 for the, tonight's win. And then Silva went through seven games. Yeah, I only have six written down. What were the seven? Which one did I miss? After tonight, it's Kings, Suns, Lakers. We said one and two. Yep. Yep. Blazers, Nets, Spurs, Pelicans. We said three three and one one there. Yep. 42 and 40. Good for them. After the go-bear trade, it's probably still not what they expected, but... Cat missed like fifty plus games, right? Yeah, like you, you still got to be happy with just making it. There's a chance they wouldn't, which would have been horrendous. That would make the play-in seventh seed with a home game, Minnesota versus eighth seed on the road with the tiebreaker, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. The ninth seed with a home game would be the OKC Thunder. Oh. The 10th seed coming to OKC, uh, either you if you lose, you go home. If you win, you play one more. The New Orleans Pelicans. Question. This Mavs more, and Jazz misses. This is a thought exercise for the listeners. Uh, I think what this tells you is how important these next three games are. So, Nick made us go 2-1 and one for the Thunder. If they go 3-0. and oh, Right. Then you, you can lose. Up. So, so there's obviously a billion moving parts. Like teams could go on a run, they could lose out. There's so many different things. Um, but if they were to go three and zero this week and lose their last four, they had the same record as what we predicted. Um, so what, what that means is that in this hypothetical world of you know the teams that we expect to win and and teams that they expect to do that it actually happens, then winning these next three games might guarantee you a spot in the plan. 
Yeah, and it could bump you up uh, a seed. Yeah, things are really things are like legitimately bleak for the Mavericks. I don't I don't think I realized how how close they were to just falling out of the plan entirely. It's bad. It's really yeah. bad. But they got the talent. Like they they could rattle off like five wins. Out of the next well, they've seven. got two guys. The rest of their guys are like eighth or ninth men. Really, I, I think mean, that's I think that's a little exaggeratory, but yes, they're like three and fourteen in their past seventeen games, something like that. Hadn't been good. Like it's... It, they, Kyrie's been out a lot. Luke has been out a lot. When they're both in, they don't win games. Mm-hmm. It's just like what? They got no draft capital. They got no cap space. How do you guys feel? With a 9-10 matchup, New Orleans coming to Oklahoma City. Is Zion playing? Mm. No. No? He's being reevaluated like a couple days before the end of the season. That doesn't mean he's going to play. I'm basing my decision there on all that we know, the the previous experience, which is Zion's not going to play. He's such a weird injury guy like what's more likely zion gets healthy and plays that game or has another setback in the next week and a half i thought you're gonna say her chet plays uh <laughs> probably setback because the dude like he didn't go to the all-star game because he was like still rehabbing and it was supposed to be like he comes back shortly after now we're at the end of the season he's still not like it's just every year it happens it's this injury where it's like reevaluated in three weeks will push back on you and like talk shit to you all day long about zion all we have to go off is what we know. And what we know is this dude's going to play 30 to 40 games a season. But he's so good when he plays. He actually he is. He's like, a second or, he's like a second-team All-NBA guy yeah. when yeah. he plays. But but he's got to play. Yeah. I don't know what As of right now, with. it's looking like he's not. Like, if I had to make a bet right now, if you made me choose one side or the other, I'm saying he's not in the league in three years. Because he's just Not hurt. in the league? Yeah, just he has to stop playing because he's so injured. Oh, I thought you were saying because like no team would pick him up. I was like, what? No, just he's never going to play, and it's going to be like a Greg Oden thing where he's got to retire. He's... You guys still don't answer the question. How do you feel about Pelicans visiting oh. OKC? I under good at home. The Pelicans are also a tough matchup for OKC sometimes with a lot of the length uh, of the of their defenders. But I would probably, if Zion's not playing, i got to pick OKC at home. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. The crowd would be... And CJ has like some nagging hand injuries, so that feels good. Let's say the Thunder win that (laughs) that Pelicans game. Who are you pulling for in the Lakers-Minnesota matchup? Thunder got to go on the road to one of those two places. I mean, I don't like the idea of playing a team with two dominant centers. You don't have a center. Wait, the flip wait, wait, side wait. of that is two. Two is the flip bold. side of that. Two is, is insane, Nick. You can't say they have two dominant centers. I mean, we're talking about a guy that won what three straight defensive player of the years, and a You're guy right. that was a perennial all star. Like as much as we hate, one is dominant there, on one end, one is dominant on the other end. Yeah. So dominant. how about that? Dominant. I got to be honest. Neither of those matchups feel great because you got LeBron James playing in the other one with LeBron AD. James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'd probably pick. I'd probably rather play against the Timberwolves. In one game, in one game, yeah, probably. You just lean into small ball and make them adjust. Yeah, you throw out like dub at the five, and just say, "Hey, like pack the paint, get dunks all night long, but we're gonna hit threes and 
run the floor. Well, we've seen how the Thunder defend bigs when they go small. We're just going to swarm you and make you get the ball out of your hands, make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, if they want to, if they want to feed Rudy Gobert, be my be my guest. We we in the modern NBA, give that guy 20, 20 touches a game. Twos lose to threes every time. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Joe, give Isaiah Joe ten shots and give Rudy Gobert ten shots, and they probably end up with the same amount of points. It's so going to be tough down the stretch. Yeah, it's going to be insane. I would much rather prefer the Thunder just go 3-0 this week and uh, get 7 or 8 and have a chance to just go win one game and you're in. <clears throat> yeah. So I got to do It'd one. be way nicer. To, I mean, having the difference between 7 and 8 and then 8 and a 9 is ridiculous. Like, you are 2x the likelihood of making the playoffs because you have to mm-hmm. win one game. Mm-hmm. And then you have the fallback where you can, like, win the second game. Yeah, having needing to win one of two, like I much rather prefer that. I'm gonna be so anxious. That Lakers game was humongous. It was a big one. Yeah, they were right there too. Just couldn't get over the hump. Yep. All right, Silva. We want to go through the comments before we're done tonight. Yeah, let's. A lot of people a, in the stream. A lot of a lot of people on the stream. Let's see. A lot of memeing. A lot of degenerate stuff going on. Someone said, "Don't don't say Shengu's name three times in a row." Otherwise, he'll appear on the Thunder roster. <laughs> um, okay, I'm looking for questions. Looking for... There's a lot of arguing in the comments today. A lot of dort arguments Goodness. going on. Should, uh, we, should we turn the argument, like what are they arguing about, into a question that we give our thoughts on? Well, it's stuff like, uh, is Josh? would Josh be a good sixth man? Um, oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. No. Um, this is a good one from David Skelton. If we draft someone like Jarris Walker, how do you not drop Dort to the bench? I'm not convinced Dort just doesn't go to the bench anyways. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like, like what if the starting lineup next year is Shea, Dub, Josh, Poku, Chet? Yeah, between Poku and or like really – any, this is the cool thing about Dub. They could draft Jarris Walker. They could draft Cam Whitmore. They could draft Taylor Hendricks. One of those guys could start at the four. Dub starts at one, two, or three. On the flip side, Sam could say, you know what? We're here at 16. Keontae George is well worth the 16th pick, even though he's a guard. Guess what? You throw him in the starting lineup, and Dub goes to the four. Mm-hmm. So I think irrespective of who they draft between that guy or Poku or somebody else, there's a really Usman good Jang? Yeah, I mean, like there's there's a lot of options that Dort's not starting next year. Dort may not be in the team to start next year. Another question from our friend Kerry Cicero. This question has no reasoning, he says, but I was listening to the Hornets Mavs and the Hornets announcer was calling SGA Shea Gilgis. If he dropped the hyphen... Would you rather be Shea Gilgis or Shea Alexander? Okay. So, Carrie, you're reading my mind. I Living in Dallas, I don't get the Thunder broadcast. I have League Pass, so I always get to hear the opposing broadcast. Almost every night, it's either Shea Gilgis or it's Shea Alexander. And yeah. there's never a Shea Gilgis Alexander. SGA, I, but we're not going to tell you what the A is. <laughs> I think... I think Shea Gilgis sounds more natural 
because at least it's like it's like Shea. We we say Shea Gilgis Alexander. You're just dropping off the Alexander. When you say Shea Alexander, it just doesn't sound right. Yeah, we'll let Nick be the the professional on that question. I mean, think about it. Like if someone walked up to you at the grocery store and said, "What do you think about Shea Alexander?" You'd say who? But if they said, "Hey, what do you think about Shea Gilgis?" Like you would know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Shea Alexander sounds like a football player to me and not a basketball player. Like a football player. Yeah. Playing for that crappy team, Chelsea. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yanni has a pretty good comment here. Uh, the Hornets have such a huge gap between them and the Pistons and them and the team directly ahead of them uh, that there's no way they catch the Pistons. I think it's mathematically like already out of the question. So there's no reason for them to tank. Fair. Well, it's more than just the Pistons because we're not talking just East. Pull up Tankathon. I'm, I'm curious. Like I, I don't disagree with the logic, but I haven't looked at. Like it's, it's more than just Pistons and whoever's ahead of them in the East. I got gotcha. you. Like, um, like San Antonio. Closer than. Uh, so, so Charlotte is up um, five and a half games on San Antonio. Um, so like San Antonio is three, Charlotte's four. Okay. Next is Orlando. So. This is really confusing. I'm sorry. San Antonio, 2.5 games out of number one odds. Charlotte, eight games out of number one odds. God. Orlando, 15 and a half games out oh, of number one odds. Oh, okay. So there's like... It's a gulf. There's six. They're out there on an island. Eight games each direction. Yeah, so they got they got nothing to, nothing to lose. Nothing to play for and nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also not like healthy. Lamella's not playing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rogier's been playing. Like... It's been it's been Gordon Hayward lighting up the Mavs. That doesn't scare me. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, David has another comment. Giddy is shooting thirty five point seven from three since December first. You take out that bad start. That's pretty good efficiency. That Arya dagger. <laughs> Game of Thrones reference. I love I it. it so bad. Not that last season though. Silva, I think that's all. We can pump the outro music. Amen brings up. We do got to deal with PJ Washington. He has been playing really well against the Mavs. Go get him, Sam. Did he sign an extension? No. All right. As the outro music plays, we got to get predictions in. Tuesday against Charlotte. Silva, what happens? W. Nick? Dub. Back to back. They come back to Paycom again. Wednesday night, play the god-awful Detroit Pistons. Nick, you go first this time. Dub. Silva. I'm covering that one. Dub. 2-0. Friday night, they go to the Indiana Pacers, who may be tanking by that point because they're going to be too far out of the play-in. And the Chicago Bulls, um, Indiana is very close to jumping from like 7 to like 5th in the standing. Silva, what happens? Give me another W. Nick? L. L. That would be bad. And then Sunday, before we get back on this podcast, it will be the Suns, the Aiton and Kevin Durant Suns. So what's it look like? That's a big old L. Nick's got an L, too. You guys got two (laughs) and two? There's Silva's got three and one. Nick's got two and two. Give me the three and one, baby. Three and one, and they're going to be sitting pretty for that play-in tournament. Thank you guys so much for joining our show tonight. 
If you haven't already, make sure to sub to the YouTube channel. Come join us live where we have a blast every game, every Sunday. We'll be back with you again 48 hours after the Thunder take on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I believe Nick has the post game on Tuesday. Question? Maybe. I don't know. Haven't looked. Haven't looked ahead of this week, but uh, you 100 percent do. It's on the uh, on the schedule right okay, here. I do. Silva then. is with you guys on Wednesday, and then Justin's got that Friday game, and then the whole squad is here next Sunday. Have a great beginning of your week. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.